Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Good afternoon and welcome to Engage for Success Radio show number 466, Mentoring and the Employee Experience. Today we're going to be talking about how formal and informal mentoring can meet the pace of change. I'm Joe Dodds, your host for today. I'm an engagement consultant working within the Engage Success core team. The Engage Success movement is an inclusive movement committed to the idea that there is a better way to work by releasing more of the capability and potential of people at work. We spread the word about employee engagement and shine a light on good practice, inspiring people and workplaces to thrive. And we're widely supported across the UK involving the public, private and third sectors. If you go to our website, engagesuccess.org, you can use the link at the bottom of the page to join our newsletter list and all our social media links are there too. My guest today is Christy Pettit of Pollinate Networks and I'm really pleased to say hello Christy, welcome. Thank you so much Joe. it's fantastic to be here today. Thanks for, and congratulations on 466 episodes. <laughs> it's rather, rather a few now, aren't it? <laughs> Lovely. So start by telling us a bit about who you are and what you do. Absolutely. So I, similar to yourself, have worked in the um, improving workplaces space for a long time. And I started out actually working for a group of hospitals as an organizational development consultant, worked in training and development for a long time. And then with a partner started Pollinate Networks about 14 years ago because we got a real vision for the piece that we could bring to the table around helping workplaces improve. And that was around mentoring and knowledge collaboration. So that's really where I got my, get my juice for staying in organizational work. And I absolutely love the philosophy that you folks put forward as well around, you know, workplaces can be a real uh place for change. They can be a real place for creating additive, um, positive experiences, even though if you read a lot of the statistics out in the workplace literature these days, you wouldn't necessarily think so. Um, But we've seen it. I know you've seen it. And that's what we believe. Lovely. So we're going to talk about mentoring programs and um, talk about them particularly obviously in workplaces. Can you just repeat that last question, Joe? Oh, I thought I'd lost you there. Um, yes, we're going to be talking about mentoring in place, what you would define as mentoring. Absolutely, absolutely. So I think a lot of us, when we think about mentoring, we have that older, wiser person mentoring a younger, less experienced person, and that very much is part of the mentoring milieu. But there are many ways to mentor. And when I think about defining mentorship, mentorship is when we come together to share knowledge, share information, and inspire each other. And that could be a triad. It could be a small group. It could be a reverse mentoring where I'm learning about things from the perspective of someone who actually has less experience than I do. But there's always an interpersonal transfer of knowledge going on when we're talking about mentoring. Lovely. And so let's talk specifically about mentoring in workplaces. And let's start by thinking about um, what the benefit is, how it can help to have mentoring programs in an organization to um, to engage people and, and to keep people and keep people motivated. Absolutely. Um, so 
nowadays we're particularly concerned about keeping people in organizations. Since the pandemic has happened, we've all had this big reckoning and a big moment of people asking, you know, what am I doing and why am I doing it? And mentorship is one way to help people stay engaged in their organization. So it's a great, it's a great tool for engagement. It's a great tool for providing exposure to different areas of an organization that people might not have, have access to otherwise. It's a great way to help people build and develop their careers, build and develop their, their skill set and their knowledge set. So there's many different ways that mentoring can help an organization. I sometimes talk about it as the Swiss Army knife of HR and organizational development. So tell us about how that might work, how that might set up how an organization might have a mentoring program, because it's a, a concept I'm sure people sort of understand. You know, where where to start? <laughs> Absolutely. I think that the again, one of the things that comes to mind when people think about mentorship, at least in the past, maybe this is changing now that it's becoming a bit more of a popularized idea, is that it would just happen, that I would meet a mentor uh, or, or a mentee and that, you know, something very natural would occur. And for, for a number of people that does happen. But in terms of our statistics, we can see that about 20% of women and about 40% of men have had mentors. And so that's not everybody. There's lots of people that can use that light enablement, that light uh, framework or structure around a relationship to get it going. And when organizations come to us and ask us about starting a mentoring program, the very first thing we want to think about is what's our purpose? Is the purpose to help people stay engaged? Is the purpose to give people exposure on their way to, you know, leadership careers? is the purpose to to take really critical knowledge from one area of the business and bring it over to another area of the business is the purpose to you know cross-pollinate if you will after a merger or uh, uh, um, an, an acquisition so that people are getting integrated into the new the fabric of the new um, combined organization all of those things might give us a little bit of a different slant on how we set up a mentoring program because we want to make sure that people are really clear, you know, why am I here? What's the expectation? What am I supposed to be doing? But, so that really is the best place to start is what's our purpose? And it might be literally just to connect people. People are often feeling very disconnected in the hybrid workplace. And as you know, Joe, you know, people are really struggling to get to a place where it feels natural and normal again. And we all know what we're doing. And um, you know, there's a there's a nice rhythm to things. So mentoring can sometimes even just be that glue of helping people find each other. It can help you know new employees mm -hmm. get engaged and involved as well. And how can we make that happen? I, I'm currently working with an organisation myself where we've we've talked about sort of some learning being required, and somebody said, oh, you know, I'm available, you know, a couple of sessions a week if anyone wants to book in for those sorts of conversations and I've sort of already thought that that's a great thing and people were very enthusiastic week one but I bet they're mm. not going to see mm. her anymore because <laughs> <laughs> there isn't sort of a process or a reminder or or whatever so I guess the whole point of a, a program is for it to be a you know something that has a I don't know beginning middle even an end but but a sort of a structure to it to encourage that to keep happening so what, how, how do you do that? Well, 
number one, we want people to feel excited about the body of work that they're going to do together. And there are lots of different mentoring systems out there. We do have mentoring, uh, a mentoring platform that's some technology that helps with the matching and helps with reminding people, oh, hey, did you call your mentor this month? And, you know, giving a mm-hmm. sense of whether it's working or not. But we really want to start with getting excited about the the work that we're going to do together. And one of the things that can help us do that is, again, to be pretty purpose-driven around what what's our actual goal here? What are we trying to do? And, hey, if the goal can be um, satiated in a coffee date, awesome. But that's probably not a mentoring program. What we want in a mentoring program is we want probably a commitment of about six months. And really, it's not a huge commitment within that six months. Most programs, and some do have a different cadence, but most programs are about an hour a month of live contact and then maybe some texting, emailing, sharing links or what have you. But some some cadence where we're, we're meeting regularly enough that we are hearing each other, uh, ideally, you know, seeing each other probably online um, and we have a shared object and that is the goal that we set up at the beginning. And that's usually based on what the mentee is looking to learn about and the help that the mentor is hoping to provide. So keeping that sort of core purpose or goal front and center is really important. Sort of setting it up, as you said, you know, it's great when people, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with getting together with somebody and picking their brain for a coffee date. Nothing wrong with that at all. That's not necessarily Mm -hmm. what we're talking about when we're thinking about a mentoring program. And when we think about different mentoring programs that we've worked on, you know, some of them are a career development piece. I really need to get better at sales. So we're not necessarily talking about smart goals where it's specific and measurable and time bound, but what's my general intention? And then can we sort of meet it out over a period of time? Maybe it's, you know, to help develop my career. Maybe it's to help an entrepreneur develop their business. We've been involved in a lot of those kinds of, of, uh, um, programs as well. Maybe, as I said, it's part of a a post-merger integration where we're thinking about how in the world am I going to get my feet wet in this place and what are all the cultural norms of this new place? So it's really about making a commitment up front. It's not a weighty commitment um, where, you know, we expect that everybody's going to be the best person at that person's wedding down the road. You know, we're looking for a nice professional relationship where we've committed a, a, a segment of time that we're going to spend together toward this shared goal that we set together. So that's really how we mm-hmm. sort of try to frame it to, to your point so that it's not a one and done. Part of the benefits of mentoring is actually learning to create these knowledge rich exchange type of relationships. And that's really something that a lot of the mentors and mentees come back to us and say, ah, oh, I got it now. It's not just about sort of plumbing someone's head for what they know it's also learning about my own ways and other people's ways of sharing information and how that can be done as an art form, as opposed to, again, mm-hmm. just sort of um, skirting around the surfaces or keeping it very shallow. Yeah. yeah. And can you um, sort of share any sort of studies or, or specific stories that sort of prove that these for career development or for, for workplaces and engagement? I'm sure you can, but I'm saying that in a... <laughs> yes, well, thank you for that question, because I actually have some statistics right here at my fingertips, Joe, that I, I thought you might be asking me that. Um, you know, I have, lots of, I have lots of experiences of my own of being enriched, but 
One of the great things about mentoring from a salesperson perspective, from my perspective, is the statistics are really good. If we look at, and these aren't just pollinate statistics, these are statistics from, you know, universities and, and studies that have been done over the last 10 or 15 years, is that Number one, we see that people who have access to a mentor are more engaged. They are more satisfied with the job. They feel like the employer actually cares about them by providing someone else besides a boss or colleagues um, to get to know in this deeper way. Um, you know, most people who've been through a corporate mentoring program, if it's a, a well-set-up program, consider it to be a really valuable experience. And, uh, you know, they tend to not only rate the job satisfaction higher, they tend to have higher confidence and they feel more empowered. So both mentors and mentees, because that's the question I get a lot too, is, you know, what's in it for the mentor? Well, both mentors and mentees tend to have higher levels of confidence after being in a mentorship relationship. Because on the mentee side, you know, your mentor is an extra layer of, thought partnership and cheerleading and inspiration and on the mentor side you know you've had a chance to say what you know out loud and sometimes as mentors or as workers um, managers leaders in organizations we just work along there's stuff that we know that no one ever asked us about so we don't we have never put it into words before so getting the chance to sort of bring out some of that key knowledge that you've gathered all along the way can be very inspiring for the mentor as well and finally, the last thing that I'd say is, you know, the proof that is in the pudding for me is we can see that retention rate. So sticking with an organization, those rates of sticking around are higher for both mentors and mentees, you know, around 70% higher than folks who are not mentored. So that is definitely something that, you know, in terms of proof in the pudding, we have lots of stories of, you know, how a mentor has staved off um, you know, people making disastrous mistakes or taught people things that they get any other way. And then we can see it in some of the statistics that are coming out with all the different studies that have been done of mentoring over the last number of years as well. Mm -hmm. So talk about mentoring benefiting and tools as well as the mentees. So earlier you mentioned that sometimes the tools aren't necessarily older or more experienced and people are being in effect mentored by somebody in a just I guess a different position and wouldn't be seen necessarily as, as the the norm perhaps. Um how does that happen? How do you choose mentors and, and find the mentees or rather how do you find a mentor for the mentee? And how do you end up in a situation where you have got people who perhaps aren't as experienced, have got something to offer as a mentor? For sure, the the um the selection process to get these programs set up is important and and let's face it, everybody has interesting important things to share. The key piece is, you know, what is what is the learning need and can we find people to bring together around the learning need? So if the the need is and interestingly enough, Joe, I had this really um an interesting thing evolved last summer which was a large uh, financial institution came to us and said, you know, the learning need that we have more than anything is that our senior people become better mentors. So here we have this enviable position that we don't often or not always have of having lots of mentors. They wanted their top 140 people to actually take on 
some mentees to learn to mentor. So in that case, you know, the whole game was let's prepare the mentors to be good mentors. Typically what happens is people come to us and they have a group um, that uh, of mentees that need some, some mentoring. And that, again, so usually that means that, that it's someone who is more advanced in their career coming in to, to work with someone who's newer in their career, but not always. Um, we have a, a business program right now that uh, reaches across 200 business people in a region uh, here in Canada. And we have lots of reverse mentorship pairs in there, lots of people who are looking for knowledge, um, and they're getting it from people who are younger and less experienced overall than they are, but have a piece of experience or a perspective on the marketplace that they can't get from someone necessarily who's that same age and stage. So typically it starts with, you know, a group of people uh, within an organization. They might be coming off of a leadership development program and want to drive their their knowledge deeper. They may be in a career development program um, within their organization. It may be part of their individual development plan that's evolved from, you know, performance management, performance review time, that having a mentor would be helpful. So the mentees usually are the, the folks who come forward first um, as part of the program. And then we recruit mentors. And the way that we balance out the matching and that we do a bit of vetting uh, of the of the folks in the program, both mentors and mentees, is we do an intake process. So we ask a number of questions, you know, what level and, and amount of experience do you have and different different things that people can easily give us in a survey fashion so that we get it we get to know people a little bit and we do have what we call the human rhythm when we when we use our algorithm to match up people. And that is, you know, really understanding about people as well as using some some aspects of technology to help us extend our ability to, to work with groups and get, get a little bit deeper understanding of them. So aside from the sort of business or operational sort of, or the, the thing that you need to learn piece, uh, are there specific characteristics that make people better mentors? I would say that openness is the biggest the biggest characteristic. Um, one of the things, so we do have, and we do really promote, not every client that we work with takes us up on this, but most of them do, more than 95% of them do. We have a preparatory process where we work with both the mentors and mentees. We work on, with, on that all-important sort of focal point goal intention with the mentees and some things that they can do to help their knowledge, their knowledge grow and stick. And then we work with the mentors around how they can um, build their competency as a mentor. What we don't want is the uh, impression that, you know, a mentor is an advice dispensing machine. You know, we're not just ramping you up mm -hmm. so you can let fly with all of your, your opinions and, and advice. Definitely, that's part of it. Definitely, you know, we want to hear what you've learned and different stories from your life if you're a mentor as to how, you know, you've done thing in the, things in the past and what you can offer. But we also teach mentors about, you know, how to listen. We teach mentors about how to ask good questions so that you're not just, you know, again, dispensing advice. You are listening carefully. You are thinking about the way that you're directing the conversation. If I ask you, you know, why, where is that perspective come from you versus, you know, what do you think someone else might think about that? I'm driving the, 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 
the conversation in a couple of different directions. We teach mentors how to tell good stories. We teach mentors a lot these days about how to manage their unconscious bias and what it might look like to be trauma-informed as a mentor. So even though, you know, mentors are people too and nobody's perfect, we really do try to prepare mentors to be the very best mentor that they can. And as you said, you know, we've got to make sure that there's there's a skill set there and there's a predisposition there. So typically that internal uh, human resources person or a manager inside the organization is working alongside us to make sure that, you know, the people that they see that would be good emblems of the the, the positive culture um, are are the ones that are populating the mentor ranks. And so when you have a, a mentoring program within an organization, I guess generally that is people within the organization, mentoring people within the organization. Do you also have programs within organizations where people from outside the organization become the mentors? Yeah, for sure we do. Yep, absolutely. Um, I would say that probably we're, at this moment in time anyway, we're skewed a little more toward organizations cross-pollinating within their organization. And, you know, therein you get the additional benefit of having people who are learning in context. And that's a huge piece of, you know, why mentoring is different than sitting in a classroom is the mentee can Mm -hmm. learn at the pace and in the chunks that they can uptake at that time. And it's also happening in context. So if we have a situation where, particularly for career development, where it's an industry-wide need that we have, for example, we do a lot of work with um, conservation, forestry, and so on, and we have done a lot of work also with um, underrepresented folks, uh, folks in STEM degrees, it's almost always the case that they would have an external mentor. They'd have someone coming from another organization um, or somewhere else in their quote-unquote ecosystem. But in a lot of cases, it is it is internal as well. So we do a bit of both. We definitely do a bit of both. Mm-hmm. And um, when we prepared before um, coming on, you um, mentioned that you have Pollinate Networks and Noise Transfer Index and I was going to say cross-pollinate AI, and I thought there was a funny little thing on the O, but it turns out it's a little uh, bit of <laughs> dust on, on my iPad. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it isn't, I thought it was some sort of trademark, but it isn't. <laughs> yeah, we're not quite that fancy. <laughs> so cross-pollinate AI. So um, tell us um, what, what they, they all are and what, what they mean. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, so the Knowledge Transfer Index is actually our collaboration style assessment. Um, And it helps us understand how close or far apart are we in terms of how we tend to take in information, share information, et cetera. And it is an index, meaning it's it's a quick assessment, but there's seven different areas that it tells us about. And they include, you know, your core motivation, what motivates and demotivates you, Um, It includes, you know, what are my go-to things? Do I like to get a whole bunch more facts when I'm learning something new? Do I like to try some experiments? Do I like to try to, you know, see what's happened in the past and put things in order and so on? And it talks to me about whether I'm a highly introverted or extroverted learner. So not necessarily me in all of my life, but when I'm learning something, how, how how do I tend to like to or prefer to to operate? 
And the Knowledge Transfer Index really came out of some very early days um, mentoring experimentation that we were doing and realized that, you know, and, and I had this experience actually myself with a mentor who, you know, we had two really key differences that at that time, you know, this predates the, the KTI or Knowledge Transfer Index. I didn't really understand, which were, you know, she had a really high need for, for influencing situations and I have a high need for achievement. So where she would tell me, in my career development, you know, go into your boss's office and just take more territory. Well, that's not how I do it. I like to sneak around and create a proof and then pop out of the closet with it, you know, and convince <laughs> people that way. So I did that very different. And she would say, you know, take yourself off for a weekend and, and uh, you know, do a, a wall of post-it notes and so on and so forth because she's a very limited interaction learner. Well, I'm a very plentiful interaction learner. So I'd get off in the room by myself and I'd be like, oh, geez, who can I call? You know, because I was really wanting to interact right, with someone. So it doesn't mean we couldn't learn together, but understanding those things made our learning journey a lot more um, rich because I could translate between what she was telling me into my own framework and she could do the same on the opposite end. And then we took that another step further and that cross-pollinate AI is really our um, algorithmic approach to matching people. So we would take some of your, you know, biography, what has Joe done in her life and what are her key experiences and what are her goals? And we'd mash that up with your knowledge transfer index score and we'd have a look at the overall of, you know, if we were gonna be paired together, how, how will Joe and Christy do as a pair? And are there any things that we need to tell them that, hey, you know, you, you have lots of great similarities and here's a few things you do differently that you'll just want to translate around. So cross-pollinate AI allows us to, we have some clients who are, you know, um, mentoring is a big part of their talent management strategy. They have, you know, a thousand people in mentoring pairs in a year. So cross-pollinate AI just enables us to do more of an automated job of understanding, you know, who's going to work together well based on their goals and also this, you know, knowledge transfer style. And so that's really where cross-pollinate AI came from. It came from getting this understanding of how people learn and then being able to put pairs and groups together at scale. Lovely. Thank you. And um, so just the last couple of minutes of the show, what are your future goals at Pollinate Networks? It sounds like you've developed what um, is you know, a fairly simple concept and something that's fairly sophisticated in terms of being able to provide that support to organizations. I, I can't imagine that you're stopping there. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> Absolutely not. One of the things that we did over the summer that we want to keep working on and, and putting out into the world is we've retrofitted our entire mentoring platform to make it really accessible um, so that any folks, regardless of what the, the physical abilities are looking like, um, or, you know, if you're neurodiverse, can can get on and enjoy the materials and, and participate. Um, we do want to keep becoming more and more intersectional, so more and more unbiased. Uh, we really work hard to keep bias out of our, out of our um, you know, out of our algorithms and so on. And then we also want to get out there um, and collaborate with the world on a, a mentor certification program. So something that enables people to your earlier question, you know, how do you know they're going to be a good mentor? Well, let's actually get some without putting a painful amount of structure around it because we want lots of just plain folks who are doing their thing to be mentors. Can we get enough structure around it that gives them the confidence and the wherewithal to be great mentors? So 
we're going to continue, Joe, mm-hmm. to keep trying to wallpaper the world with all this mentoring goodness for sure. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks, Christy. It's been great speaking to you. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much. And just to let you know, next week I'll be back and I'm interviewing Evan Stone, who's CEO of Recruiter.com, and we're going to be talking about the changing world of work. So I'll see you back next week. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.